0: Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Well, COVID-19 is just acting like it doesn't want to go anywhere. It's going to ruin everything, man. This is Tony Wiggins with the Jacksonville Jaguars Report. Here on Locked On Jaguars, well, it didn't happen in football. And as training camp begins for veterans who are reporting tomorrow here in Jacksonville, this coronavirus has still affected a professional team in the state of Florida. with The Miami Marlins having multiple players, in double digits, by the way, test positive for coronavirus, uh, even with coaches. So this starts this uh, obvious setback, you know, in terms of how can teams that aren't in a bubble really create a situation where if everyone is practicing safety and social distancing and understanding the importance of it all, how can we have a team sport go on without these things happening? I, I don't think we're going to, which is why I propose what the leagues do, especially in the NFL, have a bigger roster and put certain people in a in a bubble. It just has to happen that way. I don't know if they'll do it, but still, I mean, what are you going to do, man? You got to prepare for these contingencies. They had to know that this couldn't operate this comeback of sports couldn't operate in the NFL particularly um without the thought that people were going to test positive in the NFL and and MLS and and all of the other uh some of the European leagues where they're playing soccer guys aren't guys aren't con- contracting the virus um you know the the, the NBA's in a bubble except Lou Williams of course who had to go get him some chicken but <laughs> The thing is, man, is when you're in a bubble and everyone's being tested, the, you know, the coronavirus is under control. When you're not, it, it won't be. So, you know, the NFL obviously is different from from baseball, and it's very, very difficult for me to even imagine how they could come up with some sort of system that could guarantee 100% Protection from the coronavirus I mean you can't do that I don't, I don't believe it And I think it's, it's unrealistic For anyone to think That's going to happen So with baseball With this happening in baseball This gives everyone another chance To figure out how they'll move In terms of the protocols Like what will happen And the scheduling And all of these things The only thing you could possibly do I mean the only thing You could possibly do is bring bring two teams together, quarantine them, and let them play all of their games. However many games it's supposed to play that team for, eight-game series right now, the next two days. Let's get it over with. Test everybody at a new location. Make sure, you know, everyone's tested, have certain protocols set up in another city. Eight straight games. You ain't got no fans there anyway, so what's the difference? Get all of the games out of the way. Don't be doing all of this jumping around and doing all of this traveling. Football, man, I, I almost feel sorry for them. I, I really do. I feel sorry for football, college and pro, because, you know, I don't have the answers, and I also don't ha- – I can't offer up the solutions other than to think that the one thing that they probably need to do is figure out a way to, to, to keep certain teams, you know, in each city in a bubble. Get a, get a deal with a hotel in the city. and let, Are football players going to be willing to do for four months what basketball players are doing for the next few months? That's the key. And then it's a lot more of them. It's a lot more of them. Contract certain people to, to bring in the food, contract certain people to be the barbers. Can they do that at this late of a stage? Is it even plausible to think that they can do that? I don't know. But I tell you what we need to get used to. We need to get used to the day-by-day. I was going to say week-by-week, but it's a day-by-day focus and and refocus, if you will, on whether or not we're going to actually have anything that's normal in terms of a season. But training camp is here. We'll talk about uh, some of the things that we hope to find out during training camp. I was going to say some of the things to look for, but there won't be anything to look for because we won't see it. So storylines. I'm going to talk about some training camp storylines and I'll do that individually. I'm going to try for 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 1 second to to pretend that this coronavirus doesn't exist when I talk about football, okay? I'm going to do that for you in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. All right, man. So, if you need car parts, and I'm not I'm talking about everything. I'm not just talking about accessories. I'm talking about screws, camshafts, do they still have camshafts? I, you know what? You can find out if you go to rockauto.com. That's what, I don't know jack about fixing a car. But what I do know a lot about is saving my money while you're trying to fix a car. And if you have somebody working on your vehicle, you know, i do a price check. What are their prices? And then what are the prices that you can get from rockauto.com? I guarantee you that rockauto.com, which is a family business, you're going to get better prices at rockauto.com, better than some of these professional places, better than all of these other folks that charge you all of these core prices. rockauto.com is the place to go because they have absolutely everything, and they have for over two decades. Go to the how did you hear about us section and box on rockauto.com, and I want you to put in capital letters, "Locked On" and let them know that you heard about them here. And then after you get your parts, I want you to post them on social media and send it right to me at Shop Talking Wig and tell me on Locked On Jaguars how much money you absolutely saved. Rockauto.com, family-owned, 20-plus years in the business. Check them out. Okay, so let's discuss... Let us discuss... Key positional values, not positional values, key positional battles that will take place in training camp. Ones that only a pool of reporters will be able to talk about. And uh, I'll probably have one of those guys on tomorrow who's going to be in that pool. Uh, The Jaguars will have a conference call tomorrow that I'll be on. Explaining the rules and giving notifications of who will be in the pool and who won't. And... Uh, Who will be the source of contact for information? There's one good thing about it, man. You got all of these dudes to cover the team that, you know, most of us, you know, kind of get along with each other Uh, for the most part. You know, guys are going to have to, for the first time, depend on other guys to help them do their job. And um, we're going to try to have as many of those guys on as we can uh, to get you a little bit closer. Whereas, you know, in the past, for the past five years or so, or seven years or so, I've been standing on the sideline and training camp. Well, that's – not going to happen this year because of, uh, you know, social distancing. But uh, we'll, we'll make sure that here on Locked on Jaguars you get a lot of critical and pertinent information and all of the things that you need to start bracing yourself and understanding uh, what you might see when uh, the actual football starts. Here's what I guess you're going to see. What, what I guess you're going to see is you're going to see an elevated, if you were looking at it, you'd see an elevated uh, wide receiver room. I really believe that. I, I think Chris Conley's leadership, I think being here for an entire year and uh, with some of the things that happened off the field where his leadership was on display, I actually think that you know those things absolutely resonate on the field too. Uh, I, I think you're going to see, uh, for the first time in a long time, you're going to see a wide receiver room because of that leadership, because of DJ Chark just being an absolute superstar in the making, in my opinion. He's had another year where he can get even stronger. Uh, uh, real solid dude who's all about getting that work in. He kind of keeps his head low and just builds, and, and that's really what you like in a football player. i tell you what, if they have 50 guys like that, their outcome will be a lot different, and, and I keep praising that kid because, and, and I don't think we've said two words to each other other than what's up, you know, but I do sit and listen to his interviews with other people and his attitude and his approach from day one to last year to the end of last season. It was just you could see the work. And I, and I don't know if, if you can really understand what I mean when I say you can see the work, but when you absolutely watch somebody, how they move and how they, and how they operate and how they perform and their attitude you can see the work. You can also hear the work and you can hear the attitude when you talk about DJ Chalk because he had a really good game and I can't remember who it was, but somebody was absolutely praising him and he was totally humble. He totally went the other way. He totally went, I still have more stuff that I need to accomplish. We have more that we need to do. We're just going to keep working hard. We're going to keep grinding and I'm paraphrasing him, but you get the point that I'm trying to make. The point is, is, you you know, you come out, you didn't have a great rookie year. You did some things okay. You work hard. You say you're going to, you know, perform better this year. All of a sudden, you absolutely perform better. And when someone praises you for performing better, all you hear is, I can do more. It has to be more than this. Basically, he's telling you, he didn't work that hard for you to praise him over one game or two games or a few games. He has a bigger picture in mind the where he wants to go as a football player, and I think it's absolutely refreshing, and it, it, it really is. He's earned the respect of a lot of people. It reminds me of the dude that's coaching him, and I keep telling people that over and over again. Keenan McCardell was all business when he was here as a football player. All business, and that's what this kid reminds me of. I want to see what uh, LaVishka has got. He's got a little flair to his game. He has uh, – I think it's a confidence, a cocky confidence that's needed for that position. But there's enough playfulness in it that that it's not arrogance. And and sometimes arrogance as a wide receiver is okay. But I do believe that LaVishka is going to bring something to the table. Uh, It's been a little quiet for D.D., a little quiet for D.D., but maybe that's good. When you're talking about D.D. being your third guy, Maybe even battling Chris Conley for the third position. And I think eventually that's what we're going to get to because I, I do believe that when you use the currency on LaVishka in the second round, LaVishka Chenault, I, I think there's going to be a push, even though he may not line up at that spot, that at some point he's going to be your number two. He's going to be your Juju Smith, Schuster, uh, when they add another receiver up in Pittsburgh. He's going to be that other guy. Um and I really, really do believe that uh, he's going to add a lot to the team. So, Dee Dee, you don't you know, I don't really know. I'm, I'm really wanting to see Colin Johnson. I want to see what that freakazoid looks like in a Jaguars uniform? They really, really missed the 50-50 balls of Allen Robinson, and I know Chart gives you some of that. But you can't have enough guys on your team that can go up and create situations where they can snatch the ball out of there. And I think that kid has a shot, of course, Keelan Cole, to see what his development leads to. You wonder, you know, how high the ceiling is. You know the floor came up with him, but you wonder how high the ceiling is. And then I want to see the tight ends. You know, who who's laboring? Who's learned? How can you learn when you've been on the table and, and, and in the ice buckets? You know, I don't know. So, you know, those things are going to really, really matter because – most of the focus is going to be on Gardner Minshew, but I would rather focus on uh, the unit that he's going to actually be throwing the ball to and getting open. Um, and then there's another unit that I want to focus on. And I'm going to tell you who that unit is. And they are of equal importance to Gardner Minshew. And that's the this is the unit I'm talking about next in the next segment. This is the one where you're not going to really know a thing until about two or three weeks into the season, whether or not they're right or not. I'm going to tell you what unit I think that is, and I'm going to do it in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. All right, the, 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 the unit that, along with those receivers, is going to be very, very important while folks are focusing on, on Minshew. By the way, uh, Minshew is probably not going to make top 100 players. Kyler Murray made it. Everybody went crazy. Because Missy's not on it, it's just what it is, man. And, and that list was done by players. And I hear a lot of people say that that top 100 list is a joke. Even the players that say they feel their ballots out, sometimes they put they put silly stuff in there. So I don't think anybody really takes it seriously. Although those wide receivers around the league got me laughing. Keenan Allen and Mike Evans and all of these dudes, man, going back and forth about who's the better wide receiver. So. If you got a chance take a look at that. I'm sure my man Peacock and Williamson on Locked on NFL might have a little bit of something to say about that. Uh, but it's it's been pure entertainment. But the receivers are one thing, the protection is another. We won't know we won't know how good or improved the offensive line is for a minute. And here's what I and you know you, you probably we can see that in the first game. No you can't. Because without preseason, that first game is not going to be a true representation of what they can be once they get the cohesion. You know, the seeds we talk about, the cohesion and and all of that stuff and the confidence and, you know, the collectivity, the collectivity of, of, of their effort and, and all of that stuff. We won't get an idea until they get greased up, and that's probably three or four weeks in. And hopefully by then it's not too late but you know offensive lines it takes a while to gel man it's like it's like a singing group dancing in the background man to get those steps and those choreography that choreography together it takes a minute and then if it does break down it might not be that all five of them stink it could be just one of them's not doing his job and sometimes it takes a while for you to figure that out too especially when you're learning a new offense and i think that that's something that's extremely critical We've talked so much about how, you know, all of the missed time and, and, and with the adjustments that have to be made in camp. We talk about the young guys, and rightfully so. Like these young guys, this, one of the youngest teams in the league now, and, and com- combine that with the fact that you've got a new coach. We talk a lot about how that is, you know, a recipe for disaster. But the one thing we don't discuss is it's an offensive line learning a new, a new offense. And we don't talk about how, you know, they, they still have to find themselves, and now you take away the extra time and and the extra physicality and the reps that will normally be uh, given to a team. You don't really know what you have. Now, a plus side is they only made one addition to the offensive line group. And the coaches have this confidence in them that uh, I don't know where it comes from, but they have it, and maybe they're closer to it than we are. Maybe they saw the fact that Leonard Fournette ran – like crazy last year and and and, and, and averaged four yards of carry. So maybe they're looking at that saying that we're fine and we just have to show up one side of it or whatever. But I don't know, man. They, this team seems to have more confidence in their offensive line than I do. But now they're going to be judged based on what you see early in the year. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair. And the other side could say it probably is fair because, like I said, they're not going through all of these wholesale changes. But they are bringing some guys back from injury. Um, They are trying to maybe even plug in uh, a new right guard, uh, at least competition. You know, Will Richardson is moving over to compete at left tackle. You can always use, and Juwan Taylor is only a second-year player, you can always use that education and that buffer that seems to happen in between off-seasons. And right now, they just don't have that. So, to me – what you see in the first two or three weeks is going to be extremely critical. You may even see a game plan. Now watch this. You may even see game plans of, of a heavy dose of running the football and some very, very vanilla stuff on offense with quick throws just to get rid of the ball. Using those tight ends and those running backs in the flats. You may even see situations where both Leonard Fournette and Chris Thompson are in the backfield at the same time as split backs to give Gardner a quicker outlet and a release to throw the ball to, you may see some no huddle. So they can try to take advantage of the lack of stamina and conditioning of a defense, especially in this hot weather early in the season. Teams are going to really be trying to figure this stuff out, and I, and I think it's going to take about a month before this offensive line can, can come together and give you a true definition and a true picture of who they are, what they are, and how and, and, and how well they really are uh, adapting to the new offense and carrying over for some good play from last season. I just really, really do think that it's it's almost unfair. But nobody's gonna you know no no need to cry because nobody's gonna feel sorry for you, whether you're Gardner Minshew or anybody else. You just gotta go out and be able to get it done. All right. So what we're gonna do is uh I probably have a guest on tomorrow. who's supposed to record something today. And, or later on tonight, and I'll use that as a part of our show tomorrow to get a lot more of these roster questions answered. We'll look at who the 10 guys may be to get cut for this team to get to 80 players. Um, and then, man, I was—you know my man Chris Russell, who runs the Locked On Redskins, he knows Jay Gruden a lot, and I may even get him on to talk about some of the things that Jay Gruden does and doesn't do. To give you guys a little bit more of a vivid idea of what this team may look like uh, going, into, um, going into the preseason when we we really don't have a preseason. The preseason won't consist of games. It will just be consistent. It will just consist of practices. So this is all weird, but that's okay. You know, we're going to make the best, and we're going to try to figure out how to keep you guys uh, up to date on all the information. I have some more information tomorrow on that conference call after we get on with the Jaguars and the PR staff, and I'll express and, and pass all of that stuff on to you guys too here on Locked On Jaguars, but make sure you tune in uh, uh, network-wide here on Locked On with Locked On NFL, uh, Locked On Fantasy Football, Draft Dudes, so much good content, Chad Ford with his NBA podcast here on the Locked On Network. All of that stuff, man, there's a lot going on. Sports are trying to get back going. I told you guys I wasn't going to mention the coronavirus in the last two segments, and I didn't. Until I did just now So let's continue to try to take care of each other The best way that we can Let's continue to try to uh, follow the best advice we can So maybe we'll have a chance To stay optimistic And we'll be able to have some sports Until tomorrow, this is your man Tony Wiggins With Blocked on Jack Orange.